welcome to the new Colombo Plan Series podcast. My name is Andrew. I am your host, and this is episode 18, part two, with my conversation with Raymart Walker. In this part, we talk more in depth about his role and his experiences as a NCP alumni ambassador, as well as his thoughts on Japanese culture. Hope you enjoy. All right, back at it with part two. Hey, Raymart. Hello. <laughs> if you haven't watched the part one, uh, watching and seeing all the photos of Raymond having fun eating fried, not eating, actually, you probably ate that fried chicken cake. I uh, did. You did. And dancing and everything, um, check out part one. Uh, but for part two, uh, I think what we're going to talk about is more about your involvement with the Alumni Ambassador Program and your time in Japan more in depth. So how does that sound? Yeah, I'm very keen to talk about it. It's just like walking down memory lane for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, uh, being an alumni ambassador, uh, like obviously the name is it's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, what, do you, what is expected of you if you do become an ambassador and how do you become one? Yeah, okay. So um, the NCP Alumni Ambassador Program, I think has been running for the last maybe two or maybe two to three years now. Yeah. And um, essentially, um, each university in Australia um, has an NCP Alumni Ambassador. Hmm. Um, some of the bigger ones have two, um, a deputy as well. And really, it's all about promoting the nuclear plan and particularly targeting it towards, um, you know, diverse students as well to kind of diversify the people that get involved because, you know, it's such a transformative experience and, um, it, you know, it could change someone's life as, you know, potentially. So just, just like yours. getting, yeah, well, basically, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I fit a couple of the kind of, you know, diverse background sort of um, yeah. criterions like um, first in family to 10 uni and mm. um, regional, I'm from Gympie, if you know where that is, it's like one hour north of the sunny coast or two hours north mm. of Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, sort of low SES and things like that. And so I, I never thought I'd go on a study abroad program. And so um, <laughs> next minute I was over for 16 months and <laughs> such, <laughs> such a transformative experience. I just want to also give back and yeah. um, try and change someone else's life if, if, if I can. So by, by promoting it and encouraging them to apply for it. So, yeah. Mm. How did you hear about the program and what sort of made you want to apply apart from what you just said? Um, for the Alumni Ambassador Program? Yeah. Yeah, so basically heard about it through my ILO, who I, which which for those that don't know what that is, it's International Liaison Officer. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially your contact at your at a university who mm. um, looks after the NCP. Mm. Um, and I, I knew her because I am also a student ambassador, so at mm. my university. So one of those people that goes out to schools and um, promotes the university. And on one of the events, I met my ILO, who was in a different role at the time. And so I, I had a really good relationship with her. And so she um, uh, talked to me about this program. I'm like, yeah, I would love to do this. Um, and I knew the person that came before me because yep. we both served on the Student Rep Council together. And, um, and yeah, I just wanted to do it and um, applied for it. And, and I got it. So I was very lucky to, to get it with it because I think there was a pool of... Uh, I think there was 600 applications from, 600. from what I heard, not from USA, but from all over Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, very competitive. Oh, wow. Mm. And yeah, was there any projects or initiatives that you had in mind that you wanted to implement to help 
promote the program? Like obviously <laughs> the one that you said, um, going back to Japan, uh, well, that's on hold, but was there anything that uh, you wanted to, you know, incorporate or implement? Yeah, I mean, I was super keen. So I, I developed like this <laughs> list of things I wanted to do because, <laughs> you know, I like I said, it, it was just such a transformative experience and I just wanted yeah. to get it out there. Um, you know, not just in the university community, because I think I think the, the role has a bit of a, there's, there's like three areas, basically. So you, mm. the first one is, you know, the promotions to students. Mm. The second one is like the alumni engagement of the NCP people at university. And also the third one is kind of like community engagement as well. So, mm. um, you know, engaging with your community and promoting it in schools or with political figures or, or whatever. And so I guess, you know, in those domains, I think some of the key things was I really wanted to do was like have this morning tea with like um, university executive um, and have like academics as well come along and have like this immersive interactive um, uh, ex cave experience. So cave is like this technology that we have at um, our uni. You're in a cave like, or? Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. So you're basically <laughs> sur surrounded by 270 degrees of so screens cool. yeah and it has 3d capabilities but i just wanted to do a 2d thing and just kind of have people present like provide a little video of the experiences and have it play and just that sort of thing with um with academics so that they would also buy into the program promote it but unfortunately that couldn't happen because covid covid <laughs> <laughs> because 2020 we right? go to we go to our reason <laughs> excuse covid because of yeah. covid <laughs> yeah Damn COVID. <laughs> I see. I see. Uh, yeah, and I think going to Canberra along with everyone um, in 2019 was is a highlight as well. Coming like yeah, prior yeah. to that, the only time you went was when you were actually a scholar and actually getting the award. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was yeah getting the award, but also attending the interview was my I first am. time in Canberra actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Unfortunately, that was the only, you know, the major event, the one that we went to um, mm. in 2019 uh, for this because of, you know, COVID. <laughs> and um, to build on my last uh, response, I guess we also were trying to, like the NCP Queensland ambassadors, were also trying to plan um, an event. Um, mm. But obviously, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... We are kind of currently working with the Australian Institute of International Affairs to have an event um, in Brisbane next month. However, there was a cluster that came out yesterday, I think, Yes. Um, in Brisbane. So I'm not sure how that's going to go from a face-to-face -face perspective, but hopefully it all gets better. But um, yeah. yeah. Did, did, have you been to any of the virtual fairs or these networking events? And... Do you think that could be a possibility? Um, in the past, I have been to some and they've sort of sort of crashed and they didn't really work, but do you foresee doing yeah. a lot of stuff virtually for that? Um, I mean, if this event doesn't work face-to-face, -face, then yeah. it will probably move to a virtual <laughs> environment. And, I mean, if it's more of a webinar mm. kind of thing and, like, interactive in terms of asking questions, I think that would work. Mm. But, um, uh, but I also have seen really successful... Um, organizations youth organizations um foster the networking and i think it's really only possible through if you use certain technologies like um, apps and things like that but um i mean that could be um an idea which you know thank you for your inspiration no, i'm looking forward to it <laughs> you yeah, know please come along <laughs> yeah. have, uh, you, 
have you gone to any of those sorts of events in your state? Uh, for the NCP, uh, not so much uh, for myself, but a lot of webinars and a lot of networking events have, I guess, been hosted. Uh, yeah. in, not in Sydney, but also overseas as well. Like the beauty now is that you can just zoom into any sort of call overseas. Mm. Uh, I was a part of Toastmasters and <laughs> Toastmasters holds yeah meetings all over the world. So if you fancy going to a Toastmasters meeting in India, Korea, USA, in Europe, you can just like zoop and you're just like in the call with like everyone. And yeah, I think that's, that's one of the bright spots and the optimistic things that have come out of, you know, COVID. Mm. Well, I remember a few weeks ago, there was like this AIAA, which is the Australian Institute of International Affairs mm. um, event where this guy, this academic was talking about North Korea um, and his work rolls around, um, I guess, exploring North Korea from the outsider's perspective. And I was cooking dinner at the same time as um, watching the webinar. <laughs> and that was cool, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting time. Um, are you also doing your classes online as well or have they gone back to face-to-face -face um, in Queensland? Yeah, we've gone back to face-to-face -face as of two weeks ago now. Uh, yeah. No, last week, actually. Um, I, half of my courses are online because I... Um, have work on those days and so it's just easier mm -hmm. if I um, just switch on to my yeah. online class yeah. but most of the time uh, mainly for my language classes I'm on campus mm. and speaking of classes uh, classes in Japan uh, going to both two universities and changing your degree halfway through your scholarship I think <laughs> that is <laughs> like NTP is already like crazy enough with all the experiences uh, what made you want to change your degree from environmental sciences to now international relations was that like yeah. something that yeah sort of sparked that I think actually it's a funny thing because even prior to when I was um, going to um, Japan I was considering changing and I was like no I, I, I can't I don't really want to because I've you know changed in the past before as well and um, you know prior to going to Japan I was also concurrently studying another degree <laughs> so um, so yeah I mean it was already talked about and I kind of thought I would find it interesting so um, at my first university I decided to do some courses that align to um, you know, international relations, and um, you know, I did them, and I, I thought they were just so fascinating that um, more interesting than the subjects that I was previously studying. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yep, I'm sold. <laughs> 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 and so um, I talked to my case manager, yeah. and it was it was possible as long as I got credit for the first semester of studies and I, I could because they were just electives anyway um so that was lucky and and yeah and I just never looked back and yes it has added a bit of extra time to my degree but zero regrets <laughs> zero regrets yeah I I've had my fair share of changing degrees as well I started off with engineering mm. um and arts double degree so very like polar opposites um now I'm studying I went through law uh, but now I'm studying commerce and arts and I guess the only thing that was stayed constant was arts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my passion. So, yeah. What made, what made you change to that? Uh, just, uh, well, first I got the marks for engineering and it was just the, I guess the professional career prospects, mm. uh, for engineering, but I just never, it just never really clicked with me. 
and but now I'm studying something I really do enjoy, and so I think that's I think that should be like on the top of the list when you're actually choosing degrees, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um yeah, because I mean when I was kind of growing up, and I think this kind of um is part of growing up as a first in family mm. um, to attend uni. You don't have, well, uh, like my immediate family members, you know, never really went to university. And mm. so I just didn't really know <laughs> what they were studying. I understand. I, I, totally yeah, understand. And I, <laughs> and I guess also, you know, in Gympie, I wasn't really exposed to too many careers and yeah. I didn't know how to look for different careers or yeah. like when I looked at the careers guide that they gave you in like grade 10 or 11, I'm like, oh, what's <laughs> this? And I just didn't understand, I think, in high school. But yeah, but yeah. But again, like I said, zero regrets, and I, I just love what I do now. Yeah, and I think traveling to under to like discover that on exchange is, I think, the best way to do that. So, yeah, mm. and with Japan, everyone likes to go to Japan as like a <laughs> tourist, <laughs> like a tourist like go to spot, spot right? Mm. Go to Tokyo, Kyoto, uh, Hiroshima. Uh, Maybe not so much Hokkaido or Sapporo. Um, not not the as popular as those other. Back it, it should be though. It should be. It should be. <laughs> uh, like what's uh, obviously you've been to probably the other three main um, cities, but mm-hmm. like what's so different about Sapporo and like Hokkaido? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I loved Sapporo. It was the first place that I went to in Japan, or I mean, I went to Tokyo first, obviously to, to transfer, but the first place <laughs> I lived in was, yeah. was um, Sapporo. And uh, it was just such an amazing place. And I mean, I come from Queensland and I can't say I've experienced the snow um, in Queensland. Yeah. Um, but going to Sapporo, I went in December 1st, uh, December the 20, 2017, the first time. Yeah. And there was just so much snow everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> how do I do this? How do I live in this? <laughs> It's um, not the same as the sand on the Gold Coast, mate. No, definitely not. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was an amazing yeah. experience. But in terms of the actual um, place, um, the food is amazing. It's so different. Um, I guess the food's different in each city because each city is famous for its own stuff. Mm. Um, but they had these amazing soup curries. They had these amazing ramen. Like this ramen street, so good, um, quite cheap, open to midnight usually sometimes. Um, and... Uh, also the, 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 the natural environment as well. I mean, you can't really see much, I guess, in the, the winter, but come the summer, it's absolutely gorgeous and yeah. it's green everywhere and the summers are much nicer. So about mm. maybe 25 degrees, which or 30 degrees. Whereas in like Tokyo, it's very humid and um, Kyoto especially is very humid. Um, so the weather is also a bonus and the people are just so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you go to uh, the Sapporo, the the beer Sapporo factory? Oh, is that just like not a thing? Yeah, I mean, no, it is a thing. I didn't go, but it is yeah. a thing. A lot of my friends went. Yeah. I'm not really a beer fan though, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but they had amazing festivals on like the uh, main yeah. strip. So, like a Dory Park, I guess is um, well, it's, that's what it's called. But I guess it's very similar in a sense to maybe a downsized version, a supersized the super downsized version of New York, um, New York's Central Park. Oh. Um, it's not as big, but it's like, it's, it's kind of modeled on that, having that green area in the middle of the in city. The of, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. And they had lots of festivals there. And um, I remember there was a, a cheese and wine festival. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had the Christmas um, like night markets, kind of similar to mm. what you would see in um, Germany. 
and first during time Christmas. experiencing yeah i was yeah. during christmas first time experiencing a northern hemisphere christmas yeah. like an actual snowy christmas <laughs> the christmas markets in europe they're they're amazing aren't they yeah i haven't <laughs> i've never been to one but this gave me a really good first impression of yeah them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome awesome and i guess aside from all those cultural aspects was was there any like you you would did you watch anime and stuff when you were like younger or like indulge yourself in japanese culture that way <laughs> Um, not as excessively as some other people that I've um, talked to. Um, yeah. See, I love anime, but I wasn't, I guess, obsessed with it like many other people who come to Japan. Um, for me, what really fascinated me was, um, you know, the technology that yeah. they have going, the advancements they have. Um, the toilets are pretty interesting too, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> the impressed is it. I think that was a bit of a shock when I first went to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, there's so many buttons. Which one do I press? <laughs> and actually, one of my All friends. Of them. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> one of my friends, uh, when she visited me in Japan, um, I pressed a button accidentally and it was just like shooting water everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, how do you stop this? I'm like, you press the stop button. <laughs> <laughs> Every other button, there's just like the stop button right there. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I did that in Korea, and um, they have the same sort of toilets. Yeah, mm. I got sprayed. I got sprayed. So <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of um, like a place that I went to in Japan. Um, it's like a, a tourist place, and I went to the bathroom and I opened the the cubicle door, and then this disco light bulb comes on. I'm like, oh, that's exciting what, from the ceiling. Like <laughs> from just the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, and like starts playing and r- rotating and then like no lights everywhere. I'm like, oh, okay, this is the most interesting experience I've had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like in a random shopping center, not like in a club or something. It was just like a no, random... No, no, no. Yeah, it was part of this uh, uh, this tourist um, ah, okay. place. Okay. I can't remember the name of it, but it was okay. it was a tourist um, place, yeah. I want to expect every toilet I go to in Japan, like have like a disco ball lower every time I go to the loo. <laughs> well, actually, I saw this article the other day where yeah. um, somewhere in Tokyo, they have designed these um, bathrooms where they have like, um, it's like this really like bright color, like red, green, yellow, blue. And it, it's see-through when mm. no one's in there. But when, when, it's, when someone's in there, like it just... Um, fogs up and darkens and yes. it's so yes. pretty and that they really have a nice not that i think that's always a thing to to be proud of but like <laughs> they have a nice to- toilet culture <laughs> yeah yeah that's no, something definitely australia can learn <laughs> oh yeah yeah 100 percent. that's it awesome well yeah and uh, obviously aside from the tech and the like you know the obvious uh cultural anime so associations that you have with japan uh, let's say like from, let's say the business standpoint, like when you mm. like, uh, like I went to a couple of like cross-cultural courses where you understand like, you know, uh, Hofstede's cultural dimensions where Japan is a lot more different on the scale compared to Australia. Did you really see that when you were, you know, speaking to or making friends with other Japanese people? Was that pretty obvious or was that something that you just, I guess, just got used to and it wasn't as obvious as it is? Hmm. Yeah. Good question. I think, I think I started to um, embrace that um, culture, and I, I did see myself. I think I still see myself doing this, doing doing it in the way that the Japanese people would do it, like kind of step around the point, sort of thing, and um, be very um, not direct. 
indirect. not direct be very indirect yeah thank yes. you um and it did take a little while to get used to and i think having that in the back of my mind was useful sometimes when i was talking with um japanese people but also to make sure that i wasn't doing anything wrong too so um like for example you know being on time is a big thing yeah. um and i mean the latest i've ever been probably about two minutes so <laughs> so but I've, I've tried to everything always, is very punctual yeah yeah be very early and yeah. um respect other people's time when we have group assignments and things like that mm. um and yeah I, I i just i actually it didn't shock me too much because i think i attended those courses too and um it really helped frame everything and i just embraced it i guess mm. was there a moment where you were like just like the culture shock was just like so apparent that you were like <laughs> i did not expect that um see i think the only time that ever shocked me was the first week when I was there, um, because I was actually traveling prior to being in Japan. I was in Italy mm. for maybe a month, I think, or three mm. weeks, three weeks to a month. And um, because I had to make lots of new friends in Italy, and then I met, then I left them and went to Japan and had to make, you know, completely new environment, yeah. make new friends. Yeah. Um, I think that first week was a big culture shock in terms of, you know, going to the, the shops and... Um, learning a new supermarket system and um the language was a big shock because you can't really get away with english um mm. maybe in tokyo but in other places like sapori probably can't really get away with english that mm. much mm. um so and i'd had no well minimal japanese knowledge at that time um but in terms of other things no nothing really shocked me because i just i just loved japan so much that i was just willing to do it like the the japanese or like that old saying um when in rome do as the romans do 100 percent, 100 percent, and yeah wow mm. yeah now, now looking back i think uh on your experience like a year ago two years ago both. <laughs> both, both, both. Uh, yeah, what do you miss the most now about traveling? I think uh, I, everyone misses traveling for different reasons, but yeah, because mm. obviously we're trapped now here in Australia. Not trapped, like we've got to stay here. <laughs> but <laughs> like, what do you miss the most about just traveling and going overseas? Yeah, well, I think it would be around um, people really and that's kind of like a classic NCP um, connection, people to people connection. That's why we're scholars. But it's so true though, because yeah. um, like I traveled a lot, I think um, it, when I was in Japan, I went to places like Korea, Taiwan um, and, and all around Japan as well. And I'd always try and make my, use my weekends to travel um around the place or find new places and things like that. I think, I think there's, I think there's two things really. And one of them was just people. So, um, to, catching up with people that I already met and meeting new people, mm. uh, whether that's at a restaurant or like, or whatever, um, mm. place that I'd go to or, or a tourist activity, there'd be other people that I could, you know, chat with and things like that. And the second one is just the adventure really. And, and when I say the adventure, I mean, you know, the, the the physical adventure but also the the culinary adventure and you're a big foodie <laughs> huge foodie <laughs> <laughs> and there's no well one of the best places you could ever go to to as a foodie is japan because the food is mm. just amazing I, I don't think i've ever had a bad food experience except for maybe at like a fast food joint that we all have here in australia so <laughs> 
doesn't like Japan have like the most Michelin star restaurants um, by country? I think or... probably. I, I haven't. I don't really know much about that, but yeah. that wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. <laughs> awesome, mate. Well, to cap off the uh, the episode in the podcast, I, I like to ask you. I know it's hard to narrow down one experience that really changed Ooh. you on the New Colombo. Now you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> Was there like one standout? Um, story or event that happened to you that really changed you, um, you know, personally or professionally or yeah, just anything that you would just remember the first thing you remember or when you look back at your scholarship. Yeah. Oh, that's a really tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, see, two things come to mind. Mm. Am I allowed to do two? I'll, I'll, I'll let the exception. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, for me, the first standout thing was um, was language. I mean, like learning learning Japanese and using it, and um, helping other Japanese people with their English as with learning English as well, which was was just such an amazing thing. And I think one of the standout interactions was there's this there was a person at the language school that I went to. And um, she understood English, but didn't really speak it that well. And I understood a little bit of Japanese, but I didn't speak it at well, well at all. And so she would speak to me in Japanese and I would speak to her in English oh. and we understood each other. And I thought that was just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in terms yeah. of language. And yeah, I do like, I do have a, I guess, a linguistic sorry, a linguistically diverse background because my mum is Filipino mm. and my dad's Yugoslavia, but I never picked up the language. So mm. for me, it kind of was amazing and also kind of reaffirmed my identity in, in some sense um, <laughs> with this linguistically diverse background. And, and it's just made me want to study, well, I'll say all the languages, but not as many as One I can. One at a time. One at a time. <laughs> well, actually, I'm doing two right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. Two at a time, two at a time. We're doing Indonesian. I think my Indonesian is going better than um, Japanese because it's a little bit easier, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. okay. And then the second the second thing um, was probably more around my studies. And it was at my second university, Akita International University. And, and for those, I guess, that are listening, um, don't uh, judge a university by its uh, how regional it is because I had the <laughs> best time at yeah. this university, which... You know, on paper, it looks like it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere because it is in the middle of nowhere. There are bears <laughs> around the campus, and um, literal bears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there was one instance. I remember my friend, a few doors down from where I was living, said to me, "I had to run here because uh, I when when I left the my left the apartment, um, I saw this this baby bear walk past my um, uh, the side of the apartment. So I thought that was kind of." strange as an Australian <laughs> but um but that kind of highlights how the place was in the nowhere and it was a bit far from the actual city where all the services kind of were like yeah. you had to take a 30 minute bus ride oh. but or more um yeah. depending on the day when there were services or not um but oh, the education that I got at this place and the and the the friends that I made from Japan and all over the world. And actually just yesterday we, oh no, wait, yesterday was Sunday. Yeah. Um, we, like we, as the, some of our study abroad people, mm. we got together and just had a, like a, a Facebook messenger group. Call and kind of 
aligned it to the time. So it was like 8 a.m. here in Australia, um, 6 p.m. in Eastern uh, United States, yep. and about 11 in about in Ireland. So we try to get everyone's <laughs> time zones kind of right. Um, and that was just amazing. And just, just the people, I think, mm. and also the education. And I have one kind of standout professor at Akita International University that just changed my like further validated why I changed my degree you know, in international relations. And actually in my first or second week, he, he was a bit tired. So he's like, Raymond, teach the class. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first week here, but all right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was more about facilitating discussions, but he, okay, but, gotcha. but he, and he got me to stand up in front of the class and I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I just, you know, got into this class and first time at this university, yeah. I can do it. It's like, yeah. there was 30 people in the class, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> no biggie. That's awesome. Yeah. So all of that was uh. super transformative, super amazing, and um, has just changed how I've looked at the world, I guess. Yeah. I think yeah, your point about not judging a book by its cover and judging a university by its location, I think <laughs> you would know because um, you're from the, I guess, the regional area as well um, in Queensland. So I think going and going to that environment and enjoying and really appreciating the landscape and the, the isolation in some ways um, mm. compared to in coming back to Australia where it's always you know, busy in uh, Brisbane or the Gold Coast. Mm. So no, man, I am super jealous. And this is, this is why I love doing these podcasts. I just love hearing, hearing these stories. Um, so I just live vicariously through all of your experiences. So. Yeah. Well, can I um, ask you a question about of course. what was your what was your proposed um, program if 2020 didn't happen the way it did? Mm. Uh, my host location was China, and my secondary location was Vietnam. Uh, and I'm really passionate about uh, smart cities and how technology and the physical environment can like come together to like make uh, like a satellite a lot easier. Um, mm. I'm sure in Japan there was a lot of instances of that, but let's say like, yeah, just like really simple things about trains running on time in Japan, like in, you know, in Sydney in particular, oh my gosh, we can use that technology. Um, <laughs> oh, wait till you come up here. Like there's like a, like when, when I was in Gympie, um, cause I actually came back for three months and yeah. I used that train uh, to get to the sunny coast and it comes like, once a day and i'm like oh what <laughs> <laughs> and anywhere between the 24 hours of uh, that that's way. <laughs> and at the most inconvenient times too so. yeah 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 and yeah, i just wanted to go to um china and shanghai beijing just to uh, i was interested in learning uh, mandarin as well um and just uh, yeah i went there the year before and i just really loved it so i just wanted to go back mm. and i just wanted to go also go vietnam because i'm also vietnamese and i just wanted to explore Vietnam I guess um, as well by myself I usually go with family all the time but I also mm. wanted to just experience uh, the culture in that way and just like yeah because I, I grew up in Australia all my life but going back to mm. Vietnam would be an interesting experience in that way yeah that's on my bucket list Vietnam actually um, I worked with um, AsiaLink business for um, four months and five months working under Elise Giles and I'd always um, 
listen and hear her kind of experiences and um, about about Vietnam and loving to Vietnam, and I think it's really inspired me to want to go as well. Mate, this is it's a small world. I'm currently interning there right now, and she's my manager as well. I thought you were. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. tell her I said hi, please. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. <laughs> Did you do it online or virtual as well? Uh, yeah, I was. I was. I was actually working from home before. It was cool. Ah, uh, it was because you were based in Queensland. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. with them since January, and then yeah. So that was pre-COVID lockdown. So. Ah. No. Oh, good, man. Well, no, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure everyone um, who are supposed to have went to Japan over the, the winter <laughs> break for us uh, is uh, super jealous right now hearing all your stories. But no, I really do appreciate your time and hopefully we can go traveling soon, huh? Yeah, right. And no, thanks so much for having me. And um, for anyone that wants to go to Japan or will be going to Japan, just, you know, let me know because I would love to... <laughs> chat to people and um i don't know try and give you some tips or yeah. advice or suggestions or whatever definitely oh, and so, best yeah. fried chicken places as well what was your favorite oh well i think number one was probably the convenience store fried chicken at family mart <laughs> i was expecting like a fancy restaurant <laughs> i mean there was only fancy fried chicken restaurants in korea True. but anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing all right mate thank you so much uh for your time and Uh, I'll chat to you soon. Thank you. And that is all for episode 18 with Raymart. Hope you'd enjoyed it. If you did, please follow and stay tuned for new episodes every week. I am approaching episode 20 and I'm thinking of doing a reunion or a special episode where I get a guest to interview me about my experiences even though I haven't been on the new Colombo Plant scholarship just yet I have been on exchanges and international experiences and I would love to share that with you all so stay tuned <laughs>